Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, on today's show, we will get more into Texas and Iowa State. Some of these, some of the categories where Texas may have to play above and beyond to get the results they need in Ames, Iowa. We'll get into Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Some sound from Hook Him Up with Ian Rod B. We'll get into Texas basketball, getting another win last night over Rice 64 to 80 Texas gets the win maybe a little NFL talk Texans Cowboys get into all that also a great interview with Jerry Hamilton for me and Robbie as well all that coming up on the show today as well as of course your text whatever you guys want to talk about whatever you guys want to push the conversation you guys drive the show I just try to keep it on the rails 512-447-3776 is the text line number. So text in, keep us going, keep us honest for the rest of the show, and uh, we will have a good time today on the show talking about some of the great things. We're a week away from Thanksgiving, so we're starting to get excited for for turkey and good meals or whatever you're going to have or whatever you're your meals are if you have your friends giving and then you can spread it out and have a good time. Two games left in the two games left in the college football season, at least for Texas. Two games left. It's getting to be a good time of year. The weather is getting nicer, unless you're gonna be in Ames, Iowa, in which case the weather's not nice. I know that's a thing that everybody in the Big Twelve or everyone in Texas is happy about leaving the Big Twelve uh to not have to deal with the weather in Ames, Iowa. Last I looked uh, it looks to be about game time. It'll be a, between freezing and under freezing. So they're saying it'll start around 32 is what they're saying, but it may get colder as the night goes on. So not a great uh, weather for Texas against Iowa State. Uh, but I appreciate uh, that Texas is going to get another shot to get out there. They're going to be able to uh, go up against this Iowa State team that the more you look at this game, and the more you start to dive into the numbers, Iowa State looks like one of those opponents that just is going to be a pain in Texas' butt. If you watch the film, it doesn't necessarily seem like it should be that way. And Texas definitely has more talent on their team. Texas definitely has the be- the better team. However, Iowa State has a lot of things going for it that just seem to bounce in the way of Texas, which is they do not turn the ball over a lot, and they turn the other team over but they don't like to turn the ball over. 
They like to they win the turnover battle, which is not something that helps out Texas very much. That Texas is not the best team in the world at getting turnovers, and we know that they had history of getting turnovers. This Iowa State team is pretty balanced, where they can run the ball and they can throw the ball. It's not like if you make them a one-dimensional team, they are not beat by any circumstance. They can still come out and accomplish what they want to accomplish in that game by throwing the ball, and they throw the ball in the way that kills Texas, which is throwing underneath routes and just throwing those little slants and everything like that and and not really worrying about getting too much. And when you play bend but don't break, they just say, cool, we'll bend you all the way back and keep doing it. We'll play time and possession. We'll play, we'll play to not turn the ball over. We'll play safe with the ball. We'll do all of those things. And then on the other side of the ball, they play that three down, three high, which we have some great sound from Rob Babers about how you can beat three down and three high. I hope Sark is listening. We're going to play it again just in case Sark missed in the morning. We can play it again. And I know, I know, I'm, I'm just, it's in jest. But this team also has a type of offense, uh, defense that is going to give Texas problems in not letting you take the big shots over the top, but also not letting you, basically giving you more in the middle. And Texas does not like to take the middle. For whatever reason, it's not one of Sark's big big key points. And then there's the one issue that when I was looking up about different stats that it, Iowa State has, and they're pretty good on defensive end, and their offensive stats are okay, but nothing to look out at. But one offensive stat that is pretty good is that Iowa State's only allowed nine sacks all season. They're seventh in, in the NCAA in sacks allowed which is a really, really good number. I believe Texas is around 18. So this is a team that because of the how they play, because they get the ball out quick, because they run the ball a fair amount of times, they don't get a lot of sacks. They have a good offensive line. That's why uh, the young man felt the need or felt the ability to go out there and talk some trash. Now, I think Texas is still going to be able to handle this defensive line. I think they're still going to be able to handle uh, the running game. The defensive line, Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, are going to still going to come in and get the defensive line. But one of the main factors that you want to see in this game when you know Texas has issues covering uh, the passing game and one of the worst passing offenses now because of those fourth quarter numbers that continue to happen, it really drops their ratings as it statistically of a passing defense with whether that's fair or not because it's all in the fourth quarter, that's what it is. So Texas is going to have to figure out a way to pressure the quarterback without sending too much that you're leveraging and allowing them to get shots over the top, but sending pressure that you're you're not – I don't know if you're going to be able to create organic pressure against this Iowa State team that has done a very good job of keeping – Rocco Beck clean, that he can get out of the pocket or he can stay in the pocket. He's doing a good job of not getting the sacks, getting the ball out. It's one of the things that Texas is going to have an issue with in this game. Sark spoke to the media today about the Iowa State game. We'll play some of that audio, and this is Sark kind of opening it up uh, about where Texas is going into the Iowa State game. You know, obviously, uh, great opportunity for our team uh, this Saturday night. Um, another another. You know, road game, conference play at night on the road, um, hostile environment. Um, it's kind of been a common theme. You know, it wasn't – I didn't do it by accident when I talked about what I talked about in preseason and at Big 12 media days of uh, recognizing, you know, that this is uh, – you know, this is this is our opportunity to go on the road and, and go on a mission to try to win a Big 12 championship. And, and we've put ourselves in position to be competing for it in November – 
Um, but we also understand when we go on the road, uh, the environments that we're going into. And so I think for our players, it's really important that we continue to play with, with, you know, poise and composure. We need, we need great leadership and we need to have, we need to, we need to execute the the game at a high level. Um, and I think that our players understand that. And I think that they've done a good job this week of preparing for that. Um, I was really excited about just the way they practice today. I mean, we had awesome energy, they were fast. Um, and that's, that's the style of game that we need to play. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity that I know that our players are as well. Yeah. You're looking forward to the opportunity. This is going to be one of the games that if you can get through this, I know Texas tech is going to be, is always a trap game. If you can get that Texas tech, it's the last game. It's Thanksgiving. There's a lot of factors and we'll talk about all that next week. But this is a big game for Texas to test their mettle. If they can go in when the weather is not nice anymore and you're playing in cold weather that you haven't been dealing with all season long, that you're going into a place where this is your last Big 12 road trip that you got to do and you got to go to someone else's place and they're going to be going after you when you have to go into a team that isn't necessarily great at any one thing. There's nothing that you can feel confident in shutting them down and getting the edge. They're just going to be the pest that keeps poking at you. And for Texas, that pest that keeps poking on you and just doing the right thing over and over again is the worst possible scenario. Because what Texas has done is been able to shut down what you do best, overcome it, go out and put out a big lead, and then basically hope to hold and hold on till the end. That's what Texas has been doing in the last, what, four, five, six weeks of the season. I mean, other than the BYU game, which was pretty easy, other than the Baylor game, a lot of these games have come back, and in those fourth quarters, it wasn't you you got out in that lead, and then you had to fight off everybody. That's what you had to do. This Iowa State team is exactly the type of team that will continue to push, continue to fight against Texas, and continue to just take what Texas gives them over and over again, which means Texas cannot get complacent at any point in this game, because whatever you give them, they will take. And the reality is, if you give them five yards, they'll take five yards. So sometimes you're going to have to hold them to four or five yards, but you cannot start giving them 15-yard plays, which is what Texas has been doing to everybody else. Trying to cover one area and leaving one area wide and vulnerable with guys playing off coverage. I get you don't want to play press coverage because that's how, uh, you know, Someone can come back on you pretty quickly by hitting a shot over the top. You don't want to give them that either, but you also don't want to sit so far off of these guys that they're able to just pick and prod at you because this is a game where with a no Jonathan Brooks and with a Quinn Ewers coming off an injury, going to walk into a place where you know anyone who knows who's ever heard anything, that the colder it is, the more that that is going to kind of act up on you. And the more pain there's going to be, and that pain threshold, and I think Quinn's going to fight through whatever he can do, but if that power of the arm starts to go down in the second half, like I feel like it did last week, it's going to be more and more difficult for Texas to hold on to this game. And Texas is going to need to understand how to play like a championship team. And this is really where you know you can say what Kansas State and TCU and those guys have always been problems Going to Ames, Iowa has always been a problem for Texas, too. Now, you've won those last two, and you're not fully up to being a championship team because championship teams be able to close out a little bit better than what Texas is doing. But you're getting closer. You're taking that step to being closer to being that championship team. Sark spoke about 
how there is inexperience, how there is a lot of young guys on this team that haven't really played for anything, that haven't been in that position. Because if you're saying, you know, anyone in the last three years or four years, anyone that's been there, it's you. If you've been at Texas, you may not have been able to be playing at that level. And really, when you're nine and one, and you know you're able to get through, but you're playing and not, you know, you may be on the road. But you know, you play Kansas State at home. You go to TCU. And it's a little hostile, and you almost let that one get away from you. And now you're going to Ames, Iowa, where you've had problems, and you need to bear down and focus on what you're doing because this is a big challenge of somebody who's just going to not go away. And that's what experience and that's what championship experience teaches you how to do to close those games out. Here's Sark speaking about the having an experience in championship, uh, inexperience in championship experience, but having some veterans and some coaches to try and help coach this team to understand the importance of how to get through these last few weeks of the season? Well, I think one, that's where leadership steps in. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to be a part of some, some pretty exciting championship runs. Um, our coaching staff has a lot of the coaches on our staff have been in the college football playoff, have won, won conference championships. And so how we present it to them, I think is important. Um, I think the players that have that have been a part of those types of runs uh, have been helpful. Um, naturally, ADs he's won a national championship back to back years, so he's a he's a really good voice of reason. Um, but I also think we recruit a very specific type of player here um, that is highly competitive that expects to win championships. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, the guys we're recruiting didn't come here just to put on the Jersey and say they're playing football at Texas. They came here to win championships. And so now that we're in this realm uh, that we're, that we're competing for a conference championship right now, I think our players are probably more excited than anything like, okay, yeah, this is where we're supposed to be. Now let's go finish the mission. Um, but, but definitely there's not a sense of anxiety or, or anything like that. I think there's a, there's a real sense of confidence in what we're doing. Um, but they also appreciate the fact that we're extremely demanding as a staff still. Um, yeah, I've, I've probably coached them as hard a couple of days this week as I've coached them in a long time um, because I know um, what, what is needed as you, as you work your way through November and the idea that we get everybody's best shot, we need to ensure that they get our best shot for four quarters. And so that's what we're striving to go do. That's the reality. For four quarters, can you go out and give Iowa State – a constant barrage, constant, where you're not letting up and letting them back in and going into it. Are you able to constantly, where you're in, where you're on your last road trip and you know you're on your last, I mean, technically the Big 12 championship, hopefully it'll be that. Hopefully the bowl game will be a road trip. Hopefully all of those things, right? But we're saying the last conference road trip, regular conference game that you know is scheduled, that you're ready to go play. Can you be ready to go into that atmosphere can you be ready to go and play where it's where it's colder? Can you be ready to play on a team that all they want to do is ruin your season, but they are tr- they're disciplined enough to do it in a really kind of boring, annoying way that four quarters is what it's going to take. And the moment you let your foot off the gas, this Iowa State team can come back in. And you're not going to maybe get the big plays over them of you may not be able to get a big sack defensively. Defensively, you may not get that turnover defensively, you're going to get beaten down more than you're more likely to go after them. 
I think if you get two sacks in this game, you're doing pretty good against this Iowa State team. Now, you can get pressures. You can get hurries. You can make him throw the ball ahead of schedule, and you need to do that. That's extremely important in this game because throwing the ball ahead of schedule, make, knocking them off of schedule is very important. You want to take an Iowa State team that is not necessarily the most talented and make them make talent plays because that's something that they're not as, as adapt to doing. They're a team that if you allow them to do what they want, which is what Texas has been doing in the second half with that defense, then Iowa State is the type of team who can kind of just march down the field on you over and over and over again. Use time of possession. Be able to use it. And then speed it back up because they know what they're doing. They're efficient. They know what they're going to be able to do. Texas has the ability to do this. Texas has all the players. Texas has everything they need to go into to Ames, Iowa and handle this game. Do they have the leadership on the field? Can a Quinn Ewers, who is beat up, be the leader on the sideline to get this team where they want him to go? Can JT Sanders, Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell get the guys, rile it up, and ready to go? Can Jay, can Jay Witt go and be the workman to prove to everybody what's happening? Can Keelan Robinson go out on special teams and be the guy and then help lead this, this running back room? Can C.J. Baxter, the young guy, and Jaden Blue, who haven't got a lot of playing time, step into this role and not try and do too much and just do what you got to do? Go out there and win the football game. Because I think that's where Texas needs to be in this game. So one more thing before we get to the big fat poll, because it was another interesting part of what Sark talked about today. And someone's asked him, you know, this is, because I've talked about it on the show this week, and so I thought it was an interesting question, because I've kind of talked about this week, realizing that you're 9-1, realizing that preseason expectations, you're at least on path, and I know some people said we need to be undefeated and all that, but that's, look, for the reality of what Texas could have been this season, for what they are right now, Texas is on there. And he was asked if he ever stops and smells the roses, stops and celebrates the victories within the game, because you have to. Because when you don't, the victories don't mean anything. And when it's no longer fun to win, when you're not feeling that and it doesn't feel like that great part again, it starts to lose it. And once you get into November and you're winning and how do you keep it fresh, Sark was asked about that. I thought he gave a good answer. There's also a great part about Nick Saban that no one expected to hear in this next clip. But it's Sark talking about stopping to celebrate the wins throughout the season so that you're ready to keep winning and keep moving to that next level. Um, I, I do, I do take moments to appreciate it. Um, and I, and I make sure I try to celebrate the, the small wins along the way. Um, you know, I've, I, like I said, I've had some, some great mentors in this sport and I think Pete Carroll was the master of that, uh, in our time at USC. And I think everybody used to think it was just about, could we get back to another national championship? Nobody celebrated more in a locker room after a win than Pete Carroll. Uh, and I think one of the things that's probably a misnomer about Nick Saban is that he has no fun and that, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's business and it's back to work. Um, he just doesn't let him shoot videos of him dancing in the locker room after a game. You know, he, he, he enjoys it too. Like we work way too hard not to enjoy these moments with our players. And, and I, and I get it. Hey, we all want to play a perfect game and we all want the game to go perfectly um, but when you know the, the amount of work and rehab and recovery and meeting times that our players put in throughout the week, 
Um, when you go get a hard fought road win in conference play, um, and you watch guys make some plays at critical moments after the game, we celebrate the heck out of those. And, and I don't, I don't miss sight of that because I, I do believe this, you know, I believe just like losing is contagious, winning is contagious and winners find a way to win. But if you don't celebrate winning, then you let it go by the wayside. It might not be as contagious. And so um, we've, we've got a culture right now that, that believes they're going to win, that we're going to find a way to win. Um, We want to play great. We want to play better than we played the week before and the week before that and the week before that. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't let those small victories, whether they're in game, in practice or post game, just go by the wayside. We try to celebrate those things and have a real appreciation for player, player development, uh, whether they're scout team players. That's why we give out scout team players of the week every Monday morning, because guys are getting better. That's why we celebrate uh, in our good, bad and ugly film session on Monday, where I can show video clips of plays that players might miss because it's a backside block on a punt return or things of that nature, because those are the reasons why you win are those small victories. And so um, I, I don't take it for granted. And, and, and we're very fortunate, you know, to think that you, know, you, you take over a program and you try to build yourself into, into, into a team that is competing for a championship in November. And now that we're here, man, I, I'm not going to just let it go by without, without, you know, enjoying the moments. Now there's, there's other times we got to be dialed in and we got to coach and we got to teach and we got to motivate uh, whether it's on the field or off the field. Um, but man, this is, this is why we're here. So I'm going to, I'm going to definitely uh, take, take a few moments here and there to, to enjoy it. So that's it. And, and there's a couple things. Nick Saban dancing just seems crazy. I don't believe it, but he says it exists. Secondly, uh, winning breeds, winning is contagious. And it's true that winning, the more you're around people that are winners, the more you're driven in that way, the more you feel the way that you you have that extra piece of you that feels you're supposed to be winning. And it's that cocky confidence of winners. And Texas can start to have that at 9-1, but you need to have it in the right spots, and they're going to need it against Iowa State to go out there. And if Iowa State thinks that you're the stuck-up, we believe that our S doesn't stink, then go show them that it doesn't. Go show them that it doesn't because that's what you need to have. You need to have that ability to go after it. Let's get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Going to ask you a few questions to chime in. and want you to jump in. If you got another take, you got a hot take. If you got something else you want to talk about at Texas football, if you got a question, or if you just want to just want to have a conversation about Texas football, that's what the text line is for. Big fat poll of the day today. I want to ask you offensively, which player do you want to see get the most targets? Which player do you want to see offensively? Which weapon do you want it to be? A Keelan Robinson because this is going to be a colder game because you might want to kind of keep it a little bit safer, or do you want to see it to be an X Man? Do you want to see it be a JT Sanders? And we know Jay Witt's up there. It's going to be hard for him to get there, but someone may throw a Jay Witt in there. And then defensively, I want you to know, who do you want to see get the most called rushes? Because this is a team that has only allowed nine sacks. That's seventh in the country. It's tied with some other teams. There's not a lot of teams that have, let, that have, that have allowed less sacks than Iowa State has. Who do you want to see them rushing? Who's a the person you trust to get in at the quarterback 
Who's if you who are you calling pressures for? Who are you trying to get in there to not miss him, fall out, but get those big pressures? Who is that that you'd like to see pressuring the quarterback? 512-447-3776. If you've got any other takes of how this defense can help contain Iowa State, if you've got anything else you want to put into the conversation for Texas Iowa State, send that in. 512-447-3776. We come back. We keep the show rolling here. We're gonna play some hook 'em up sound. We'll get to your text messages, and we'll keep the show rolling right here on the sports complex on the Horn 1019 AM twelve sixty, the Horn app and hornfm.com, and back on YouTube. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Complex here on a Thursday afternoon, playing interesting covers all week long because it's the last day. So we're gonna play some bands that kind of make it their their deal to do interesting covers. This is Richard Cheese does lounge versions of a bunch of different songs. Uh, a lot of those explicit that I cannot play on the air, but yes, this is him doing Guns and Roses. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle. Good stuff from Richard Cheese. Like I, I like a lot of his stuff. He has a lot of really good funny stuff but a lot of it has cussing in it i mean like he does wop so i can't play wop on here but uh good stuff from richard cheese on our interesting covers playing some bands that just do that this you know thought he'd play some bands that do it today text lines open 512-447-3776 512-447-3776 asking you today who do you want to see get the most targets for texas offensively could be a running back could be could be the tight end JT Sanders could be one of the wide receivers. Who do you think is the guy that you'd like to see kind of stand out in this game? Cold weather game in Iowa State. A game where you may have the better athleticism than Iowa State does. But, you know, you got to go out there. Don't want to make mistakes. Who do you have that target? And defensively, against a team that is very good against stopping stopping blitzes, a team very good at not allowing sacks, who do you want to see come in and try and give pressures to this quarterback? Who do you want to see there? Send that in, text line 512-447-3776. We'll get to some of these before we go and play some sound from Hook'em Up. My man Chan says, uh, first of all, he says, is, uh, is Iowa State statistically better than team than TCU? They're differently statistically. So they're really good at all the things that kind of poke at Texas. They're not the athletic team that's going to hit you over the top passing. They don't have crazy passing numbers. They just have kind of average passing numbers. But against Texas, average passing numbers can grow up. They And some of the other stats, like protecting the quarterback, they do very well there. The turnovers there are better than TCU at. 
So some of the things that Texas would have a problem with, Iowa State is better than TCU at that. Uh, you also said Keelan and Jaywitz. And then on the other side, Sweat, ball over that LSU offensive lineman, or ISU offensive lineman, Jeff H., and sack the quarterback. Look, we know he's going to be a target. Sark was also asked about bulletin board material and basically said, you know, it's it's fine, but we don't use it a lot. You know, the players may use it more than the head coach. The head coach is not going to do that so much as position coaches and, you know, a guy coming out. I, the, still, the funniest part to me is that he just – he just haphazardly is like, yeah, Iowa and Texas. Like, we're not your rival. We shouldn't be your rival. Iowa should be your rival. Why Why do you care about Texas so bad? The horns down, all that. I get it. It's because we're Texas, but the same part, come on. Like, you can't be mad that you guys pick Texas as a rival and then they're your rival. It's just a weird, it's a weird way of thinking that that guy had. But I appreciate you there, Chan. Always appreciate my man, Chan. Uh, Texter says, from an offensive strategy, I want to see balance between XJT and uh, Adonai Mitchell. I believe it's, it says AT. I'm not sure AT, which we're going with, but I'm going to go AD is what I'm guessing you're saying. However, I would like to see a game plan that would get Jay with 20 catches and 300 yards at a 50-0 win. He's been an unsung hero, and it would be great to see him have a big day. I think we all agree with that. We all love Jay Witt. It's one of the most common threads among all UT fans is that everybody loves Jay Witt. Let's get to one more text and we'll play the sound for you. Uh, this text says, what was the coldest weather game Texas played in the last year? Just wondering. And the result, uh, I'm going to have to look at that. I'm going to have to look because I do not know off the top of my head. I don't think we had any game that would have been particularly. I don't think there was any road game late in the year that was in like, I think maybe we went to Kansas if Kansas was cold in November, maybe that would have been it. But I don't, you know, Ames is normally the one. Ames or West Virginia would be the two that you really kind of get the really unfavorable games. Sometimes K-State, Kansas, I don't even think is as much as K-State. But I have to look at that. I don't know. If anybody else knows that on the text line, send that in. If you know we played any cold weather games last year and how that was, send that in on the text line. I want to play this sound from Ian Robbie this morning. Uh Rod gives some really good information about how to beat the three down, a three high offense that everyone hates because Iowa State is using against Texas to great success. Uh, I love listening to Rod talk about this stuff. This is more X and O's than I'm usually able to get into, but an X player like Rod can get into it. Hook him up with the right Ian Rod B weekday morning six to eleven, and plenty of some of that great sound from Rod Babers uh, right now here on the Sports Complex. <laughs> All right, now, yeah, see, now he's got me down as a rabbit hole. Don't do it. It is Eastern Illinois, yeah. For some reason, Tony, like you said, yeah, Tony Romo, Brad Childress, Sean Payton, Mike Shanahan. Just weird little connection there with the NFL. All right, let's talk about the Texas Longhorns and their matchup coming up versus the Iowa State Cyclones. Yesterday, uh, we dove deep into the matchup between the Texas defense and uh, the Iowa State offense. Probably went a little too deep. Might have scared some of y'all. And today we'll get into the Iowa State defense versus the Texas offense. I have, you know, been on the record multiple times talking about this three-high, three-down defense and that it has been a very effective defense against Steve Sarkeesian, and it has been. I mean, actually, it's – uh, you know, I've called it the kryptonite for Steve Sarkeesian. But Sark is on his way to figuring things out. Now, remember, my theory was that against the three-high, three-down defense, you have to expose the three-high, three-down defense, right? Because its unique strength is its ability to distort and disguise pre-snap. 
and that distortion and that disguise pre-snap, it forces quarterbacks in the passing game to have to process everything post-snap, which means you have seconds to process everything rather than having your pre-snap indicators give you a better uh, give you a better idea of what the defensive front and what the coverages are. You don't really get that versus the three high. And that's crucial, especially for a Sark offense, because Sark has an RPO-based passing game. His words, not mine. RPO is when the quarterback counts the numbers of defenders, counts the number of offensive linemen in the box. If, tech, if, if the offense has the advantage, they hand it off because you have the advantage of the numbers in the box. If not, then you throw to the tag on the outside, right, because you have the numbers advantage on the outside. If you don't have it inside, then you got it outside. Well, the three high, three down distorts uh, the, uh, the pre-snap count for the quarterback, so you might get the count wrong. Right? You thought you had the numbers advantage, then you didn't. And you thought you may have had the numbers advantage on the outside, and you did not. So it causes uh, quarterbacks to have miscalculations right, in their RPO count. Also, in the RPO running game, it also confuses blocking schemes because they bring these defenders. It, it, we were just talking about it, right? Iowa State's got these, these almost hybrid linebackers in their secondary. Bo Frailer's one of them. They're huge. They come from the second and third level of the defense in their run fits. What do I always say? Just because I got six guys in the box doesn't mean they're just six guys in the fit. I got eight guys in the run fit. I got nine guys in the run fit, but I only put six guys in the box, right? And then the box count, that's what the offensive linemen and offensive players, that's what they're using for their count, right, for their blocking assignments, all right? I got this guy, I got that guy. When you don't have those guys in the box, yes, you have the initial advantage offensively, but if I got those guys in the run fit, all I have to do is be able to run the alley, all right, and stay in their lanes pretty much, and they can predict where the run will pop if everybody is assignment sound in the run game. So that's what they do. They don't have they don't have a lot of guys in the box, but they have a ton of guys in the run fit. And when they come from that second and third level, all right, to be forced uh, in the run game, sometimes the offensive linemen, sometimes the offensive players don't know where to block. They don't know who to block. Because these guys are coming from different angles and they're coming from different levels. And it makes it tougher sometimes. Sometimes they miss their blocks. Sometimes they're not assigned to town because they don't know who to block in the run game. And imagine this guy, Bo Frailer, essentially is a middle linebacker, but coming from the, sec- coming from the third level. <laughs> third level middle linebacker. And he's coming downhill. And they're downhill run force defenders. That's why it's tough on the run game because sometimes it confuses blocking assignments. So it, 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 it's, it's not in... It's not a defense that cannot be exposed, but those are the strengths of it. And when you force when you force the three high to abandon its disguise and its distortion, which is its unique strength, then you can get to exposing whatever coverage and whatever they're in. But that more than half the battle is getting it to declare itself, declare your coverage, declare their front, declare their pressure pad, and give the offense better indicators about what they're trying to do. And the, the way that I do it is get extreme, right? Don't be a moderate, right? You need to be extreme in your philosophy when you face these three high, uh, offense, three high defenses offensively. Um, and that, you can do that personnel-wise. You can with six, six, six O-line package. That's an extreme package, right? Heavy personnel package. Those are extreme packages. You can go, hell, 21 personnel would be a bit extreme these days because two backs is heavy run. You can go empty formation. That's an extreme formation. So Sark understands this. And by the way, Sark has used uh, some of these extreme principles. I look at six line packages this year versus the three high three down and based on my numbers you're averaging uh close to 
13 yards per attempt throwing the football versus a three high three down out of the six zero line package and you're really close to five yards per rush you're you're a little below five yards per rush and if you go look at versus a three high three down just this season and you go look at kind of the overall um basically yards per play you're still close to averaging eight yards per play out of it now you're throwing the football out of it successfully and effectively i think because teams when they see six alignment on the on the field they immediately think run and they go to their run defense all right because you you know that texas has the mass advantage and they have obviously the 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 girth advantage up front and i think that's why you get favorable matchups on the outside but getting back to it Sark isn't necessarily using the 6-0 line package as much as I thought versus the three high, at least in the last in the stretch run, right? He's faced five teams now. This will be the fifth team that runs the three high they've seen this year. Wyoming runs it. Of course, TCU and K-State ran it. But remember, U of H broke it out against Texas. That was their tendency breaker. This will be the fifth team. So Sark's got to figure it out because half the damn teams he's played are running the three high, three down. It's that popular. Now, the way he's getting extreme that I've noticed in the last two games – now give it to Sark. I didn't. I didn't see this on the horizon, but I appreciate it. Unbalanced formation, unbalanced. When you have an overload of all your receivers on one side of the field, I call it quads. He's going with four wide receivers on four, not four wide receivers, four receivers. Even a tight end, J.T. Sanders, at times if it's twelve personnel, he'll go with double uh, tight over there, offset wing with twins to that side. Essentially, unbalanced formation is the majority of your receivers, all your receivers on one side of the field. And he's done that, right, close to 40 times in the last two games. That's his way of getting extreme, forcing the three high to declare itself. And it's worked for him, especially in the passing game. They've been really prolific throwing the football out of the, those quad formations. They want to be able to run the football more effectively. My concern is that, though, he, they don't have Jonathan Brooks. So he still could go this route. But against Iowa State, that type of three high that is such a, a force of the run game, it may be better to throw the football out of the stream formations, especially empty formation. Talked to my man Ian Boyd about this, and he agreed empty formation might be the way to go in this game just because you don't have Jonathan Brooks, but do you want to expose your quarterback to essentially that much passing game and potentially with an injury, do you want to expose him to potential pass protection issues well as, as i mentioned it's, it's a great breakdown but uh their safeties rod malik verdon is 6'4 225 the big playing safety yeah hybrid bo freiler is 6'2 220 mm-hmm. uh their corners are big too i mean miles purchase is probably their best cover corner but he's 5'10 205 and then uh tj tampa as you talked about who's from jack where he, he's, he's from, from like st. St. Petersburg. Petersburg. Close to tampa. tj tampa is from <laughs> st tampa. petersburg yeah he's 6'2 200 I mean, this is a real big, long secondary, and it's primarily to to fit to that three-high defense, and then they can come down in the box and support the run. And I'll say this, those big safeties, Rod, uh, you know, C.J. Baxter better not be tiptoeing up in there because uh, they'll come hit you, right? Uh, Which I agree with you. Go empty, and you you should – Texas should have a speed advantage, right? I mean, uh, A.D. Mitchell, uh, Xavier Worthy. Jordan Whittington, these guys are quicker, quicker and twitchier than these guys. You should be able to create some matchups. And the fact that the weather is supposed to be pretty nice as far as that goes. And for, for Iowa in mid-November mm-hmm. uh, at night, it's supposed to be in the 40s, but uh, doesn't look like any precipitation and should be a nice night to play football. Uh, that may be a good way to go if you're, you feel like your quarterback is, uh, is you know, trending towards being, being, being healthy with Quinn Ewers because he should be able to define it. It might be tougher in the run game. Uh, it might be tough in the run. That's what I'm worried about, too. Especially without Jay Brooks. Yeah, and uh, I will always laugh when people say, 
It must be. That's perfect weather. Cold weather. Perfect weather for football. Like, yeah, I don't think those guys played football. I don't know how much people love getting hit in the cold weather. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. It was never my favorite time to play football. Never my favorite time to do much when it was the coldest. <laughs> but we'll see. And I do. I've looked up an answer. I think I have an answer for the coldest weather game Texas played in last year and the result. So I'll try to get back to that text or keep the text line open, though. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. Who do you want to see get the most targets for Texas on Saturday? Who do you want to see rush the quarterback most on Saturday? And then also, how how would you attack? How would you attack this Iowa State three-down, three-high offense? How would you do it? We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Living easy, living free, season ticket on a homeway ride. Asking nothing, leave me be. Taking everything in my stride. Don't need reason, don't need rhyme. There ain't nothing that I'd rather do. Going down, it's party time. If my friends are gonna be there too. I'm on the highway to hell. Back on the sports complex here on the horn, playing an interesting covers. Some Hazy Dixie. This is uh, recommended by my man, Chief Engineer, there on the text line. One of our one of our loyal listeners there. Appreciate the recommendation, Chief Engineer. I do know who Hacy Dixie is. I've heard of them before, but I, I appreciate you bringing them up. I, I wasn't thinking of them as one of the interesting covers. So it was a good call there on the text line. By the way, text line is open. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. Uh, we're asking today who you want to see targeted, get the most targets, who do you want to see? And it could be a running back. It could get a be could be a running back. Who do you want to see uh, rush the quarterback the most? And how would you attack this team? How would you go after Iowa State? Uh, we did have a texter asked, and I looked this up during the break. Uh, you asked what was the coldest weather game Texas played in last year because Iowa State looks like it could be around freezing uh, by the time Texas plays there. It could be in the forties. It could be in the twenties. We'll see. But uh, what was the coldest weather game Texas played in last year? Just wondering. I believe if I'm not crazy. The K State, the Kansas game last year was a road game in Kansas uh, in November, and it was actually very cold in that game. If I, if what I'm looking up is correct, the temperature in Lawrence, Iowa, in, in Lawrence, Kansas last year uh, for that time of that game should have been in the 20s. So it would have been a cold game. Uh, Texas won very handily. That was a 55 to 14 whooping that Texas put on Kansas, uh, but it was a running game. For Texas, that was a game where Bijan put up 243 rushing yards. Jonathan Brooks had another 108 rushing yards because he had that big 70-yard run against Kansas last year. So they had 427 yards of offense just on rushing. Quinn Ewers only threw 12 for 21 for 107 yards in that game and a uh, touchdown. So it was not a heavy passing game in that game. It was a heavy, heavy dose of Bijan in the cold weather. You do not Bijan. You do not have Roshan. You do not have Jonathan Brooks who even had a 100-yard rushing game in the cold weather last year. Uh, But you do have some good young backs in C.J. Baxter 
and Jaden Blue and Keelan Robinson still there. Savion Red is still there. So you do have some people on this team. But that is, if you're looking for what the cold weather game last year was, Texter, they apparently, if I'm correct, don't kill me if I'm wrong, because I did research on my phone in the break, it is Kansas last year, the Kansas game, which Texas won, but it was the heavy, heavy dose of running the football. Uh, this texter says, Texas 35, Iowa State 3, dot, 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 at the end of the third quarter. Final score, Texas 42, Iowa State 38. I, I, God, I hope they don't put up 35 and a quarter. I hope they don't. I wouldn't put it past Texas, but 35 and a quarter. Good Lord. Good Lord. This texter says, not a ba- band, but a very good AI version of Sinatra doing Smells Like Teen Spirit. We did play Paul Anka doing kind of smells like teen spirit. So Paul Anka, similar, similar vibe to, uh, to Frank Sinatra. He's no Frank. He's no Frank. Don't get me wrong, but that's, we did play that yesterday. I appreciate that. Uh, this texture says Isaiah Nayor cold game vet. Look, man, get him in there. If no one else can catch a football, I imagine everybody's going to be able to play and catch. It's not negative. Negative is where you really start to worry about it. It's just uncomfortable. Uh, you know, you may see some drops in this game if it is that if it is that cold for Iowa, uh, Iowa State. If it is in the twenties, if it's in the forties, there's no excuse. But if it's in the twenties, then you get that excuse a little bit more. Carrie uh, from Elgin says, if Texas only gets fifty five plays in this game, like people are expecting, Quinn should be able to throw the ball the entire game. But if it's twenty degrees, if it's twenty five degrees out, Kevin from Elgin. Now you like that? I appreciate the text. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to throw the ball 55 plays. And also, I don't know if Quinn could throw the ball 55 plays, uh, depending on how his arm is right now. Independent, like, we just don't know how healthy Quinn Ewers is. We just don't know. That's It's a huge question mark, but we don't know. Uh, and he also says, uh, as we speak, Peyton and Eli are working on breaking that three-high defense for Archie. Look, I, I, I guarantee they, they've got it figured out. Peyton's got it figured out. He's ready to go. He's ready to check in. Peyton's getting another year of eligibility. He's coming back for it. Uh, we're going to keep the show rolling. Uh, text lines open, 512-447-3776. Which player would you want to see get the most targets? Which player do you want to see rush the quarterback the most? Put those in in the text line. Also, if you have a way to attack Texas or Texas can attack Iowa State, put that in as well. We'd love to hear from you. And anything else you want to talk about in the second hour, the 6 o'clock hour of the sports complex, send us in, 512-447-3776. While we say you guys drive the show, I just try to keep it on the rails. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, hit hour two, talk some Texas basketball with another win last night, a little NFL for you as well, and whatever you guys talk about on the text line, we'll talk about it here on the show, right here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.